Eternal Rock of Ages, we just want to bless your name. Indeed, you are the glorious God, the matchless one, the almighty, the one who knows all and can do all things. We come before you this evening to learn at your feet. We ask in the mighty name of Jesus that you will put your words in my mouth. That you will speak. Help me to speak as I ought to speak. And we will hear as we ought to hear. And your name and your name alone will be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' victorious name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Alright, God bless you. You may be seated. Good evening, everybody. Like Pastor would say, just turn to your neighbor and say good evening. All right, uh, you're all very welcome to this uh, evening's drive. And um, today we'll be talking about uh, a topic that I believe is very apt to our time. Uh, we'll be talking about um, prospering during recession. You know, uh, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, going around us now, uh, I mean, talking about the economy, the state of the economy, uh, everybody's, I mean, there's, there's in quotes, as they say, a recession, uh, things are not um, as it used to be, you know, but before I go into what I've written down as my own understanding of uh, recession here, maybe we want to start from an introductory point of view and say, okay, Take feedback. What, what, does, what, what does this recession mean to us? How is it affecting us? How is it affecting our loved ones? How is it affecting the way we, we, we deal, the way we trade, the way we do business, the way our, our work? I mean, I just want to take feedback. Anybody wants to share? How is the current state of the economy affecting us? Are the ushers here? Okay, there's a microphone at the back there. All right, anybody wants to share? Okay, GFH is anybody there? Okay, there's one person at the back there. Okay, Debbie. Okay, sorry, someone in CMM. Good evening, church. Good evening. Um, I used to work in a, uh, a company whereby <clears throat> a particular branch, uh, monthly target used to be something range of 30 million naira. But during the recession, of buying power, sometimes we even struggle to make up to 15 million naira monthly basis. And now, even the company tried to do some retrenchment whereby reduce some staff strength in the branch. And we all know that it's because of the whole economic situation. So, okay, so summary for you is that uh, recession means um, you are not meeting your targets because the buying power of uh, the people you are supposed to sell your services or products to is reduced. Yes. And uh, ultimately, of course, that translates because if your, if your company is not selling enough, they are not making enough money, they have to work, find a way to reduce their overheads. So they are laying off. Okay, good, praise God. Anybody else? Okay. Pastor Ola in front here. Anybody else? Are you raising your answer? Okay. If you have any uh, additional uh, views, can you just raise up your hand so we can get the mic to you, Eli? Praise God. Um, well, for me, I'd say that the cost of food has, has gone up so much that, you know, what... Well, let me give an, let me give an example. A, a, a bag of rice in um, December was, I think, 12000 Now it's double the price. Wow. So that's... It's affecting that is recession. That is recession. Praise God. So far, what she's saying is that the, the price of food has doubled up. So as of last year, December, a bag of rice was 12,000, and today we're in uh, October, and it's already doubled. 
uh, only God knows what it's going to be by December. That is already, eh? It's going to come down. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I like the people in God's favorite house. All right, anybody else has a, uh, something else we want to talk about? How recession is or what it means to you? How is it affecting you? Um, the way you do business, what has changed? Or is everything as it is or even better? Yes, please. Transport fare has gone double the price. Transport fare, so the cost of moving around, you know, cost of moving around has, uh, has gone up. Your, are you raising up your hand? Okay, cost of moving around has gone up. Praise God. So these are just typical examples of how uh, how the recession, when there's any economy or any country that is undergoing recession, how it affects people. You know, theoretically, they they say that recession, uh, I mean, any economy or any country is technically in recession where they have had two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth. You know, uh, I mean, that's just the economic way of putting it. But in real life is what I was hoping to get from everybody here, how it impacts. I mean, the, the price, uh, the exchange rate, for instance, uh, a year ago was in the range of uh, 200, 200-ish, right? Dollar to Naira. Uh, I mean, two, two weeks ago, it went as high as 470, 480. Praise God, it's coming down now, and it will keep coming down. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know, that, that's another way. So for anybody, for instance, in the business of importing anything, that in itself is a big, big issue because that means its cost just by operating in this economy has doubled up compared to what it was last year. If it, I mean, if uh, anything we're doing, for instance, even, I mean, Pastor Laura talked about food. If we are... Eating, for instance, imported food, even though the cost of production where the food is coming from has not gone up, but just simply because it is coming into Nigeria and the economy is uh, what it is today, the price has just gone up. So that really affects people. That really affects everybody. So today, I I mean, we'll talk about a story in the Bible, um, which in a way for me, I want to relate as something similar to what we're going True, not, we will not get to this point in Jesus' name. But it's a story that I'd like to, us to read in 2 Kings uh, 6, 24 to 30. 2 Kings 24 to 30. I will read it, NLT version. It says, sometime later, however, King Ben-Adad of Aram mustered his entire army and besieged Samaria. As a result, there was a great famine in the city, and the siege lasted so long that a donkey's head, <clears throat> that a donkey's head sold for 80 pieces of silver, and a cup of dove's dung sold for five pieces of silver. One day, as the king of Israel was walking along the wall of the city, a woman called to him, please help me, my lord, the king. He answered, if the lord doesn't help you, what can I do? I have neither food from the threshing floor, nor wine from the press to give you. But then the king asked, what is the matter? She replied, this woman said to me, come on, let's eat your son today. Then we will eat my son tomorrow. So we cooked my son and hate him. Then the next day I said to her, kill your son so we can eat him. But she has eaten her son. When the king heard this, he tore his clothes in despair. And as the king walked along the wall, the people could see that he was wearing burlap under his robe next to his skin. Praise the Lord. You know, there's nobody that will hear this kind of story happening and your heart would not, would not bleed. Two women were so hungry there was no food to eat. There was nothing for them. I mean, they were starving. And they, 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 they entered into an agreement and said, okay, you have, a bo- you have a son, I have a son. These boys have, maybe they're babies. Can we work out an, a deal? I will eat mine, 
I'll cook mine, today we'll eat, then tomorrow we'll cook yours. Out of desperation, out of hunger, may we not as a nation get to this point ever in the mighty name of Jesus. But this was what, this was, this was the reality they were facing. It was so bad that even the king was saying that, even me in the, in the palace, there's no food, so I can't give you food. That was how bad it was. There was major, major economic recession in the land at that time. So there's a few things that we want to learn from, from this story. And the first one is taken out of verse 24. Praise God. This verse 24 says, Sometime later, however, King Adad mustered his entire army and besieged Samaria. That means the reason why there was chaos, the reason why there was all these issues in the land at that time was because a foreign king came to besiege them. So he blocked off all, he um, more like surrounded the entire city. Nothing goes in, nothing comes out. So before you know it, when they deplete the resources inside, this is what would usually happen. So I take this as more like when the forces of the enemy are ganging up against an economy. They ganged up against the land of Israel in this instance, and they had a recession. They had tough times. One thing that I pick from here is that, one of the first lessons we pick from here is that recessions will come. And recessions will always go. Concerning this nation, Nigeria, recession will come and recession will go in the mighty name of Jesus. And Nigeria will remain and be better for it. Because if you read further in this story and we'll get there, at the end of the day, the, within a matter of 24 hours, this same nation that was so starved, that was feeding on their own children, Begin to saw, began to see abundance. And I pray that that will be so for us in this nation in the mighty name of Jesus. Whatever it is that we're facing right now, it has a time, it, it, it has a time limit. And the time limit, I decree, is now in the name of Jesus. Second thing that we will learn from this story is in verse 27. And it says that if the Lord doesn't help, that was the king in, in verse 7. He says, he answered, if the Lord doesn't help you, what can I do? So the second thing we learn is that if the Lord doesn't help us in this time, nobody can. If we're looking elsewhere, <laughs> nobody can. This woman looked at the king. She, it was more like she had the opportunity to access the king, and she cried out for help. The king said, my hands are up. Even me, I need help. You know, a, number of, uh, a lot of times right now, we are, uh, I mean, when, when people are talking, especially about the current situation, it's all about this government, this government, this PDP, this APC, this uh, all sorts. They just turn everything into politics. <laughs> I'm here to let you know that the solution to Nigeria's problem is not with APC or PDP or the president. The solution to Nigeria's problems is with the Lord Almighty himself. And he will answer us in the mighty name of Jesus. Because if the Lord doesn't help, who will? Who can? Nobody. Praise God. Third, third lesson we're going to learn is that in verse 28, it says, let me, let me read verse 28 again. It says, um, but then the king asked, what is the matter? She replied, this woman said to me, come on, let's eat your son today. Then we will eat my son tomorrow. Third lesson, we have to be careful at this point. We have to be careful the kind of people that we partner with. We have to be careful the kind of people that you partner with. You know, when things are tight like this, it's only natural for us to begin to look for partnership because there's synergy in, in coming together. Two is always better than one. 
But it is very, very important that we be careful the kind of people we partner with. When you partner with someone that will tell you, you go ahead, bring your child, and let us eat first. <laughs> That in itself should tell you that kind of person does not have a conscience. So why should that person honor our word? Why should that person honor our word? You know, it's like the case of, uh, I mean, a, a, a young woman that uh, is insisting that he wants to marry and become a second wife. To a man. And everybody's saying, no, 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 leave it. Stop. You don't need this. Go and look for your own husband. And she's insisting and saying, no. The wife of that present man is not taking good care of him. That's why they're always fighting and that's why they're always beating her. Let me become the wife, the new wife, so that I can take good care of him. You know, there's an adage in Yoruba that says the the, the koboko passion, the koboko that they used to beat the, the first wife is still in the cooler to be used for the new wife. Praise the Lord. Be careful who you are partnering with. Very, very careful. This is not the time to just mingle with the wrong crowd. You have to take a lead from God on who you are, who you are going to be partnering with in these kind of times. And finally... The, 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 the last thing we're going to learn from this story is in verse 28. It's in verse 28 also. And, I mean, the outline there, it says you have to remember who you are and whose you are. You have to remember who you are and whose you are. There's this uh, uh, picture and the statement that I saw online that really... I mean, probably captures what we want to talk about now. Maybe you guys can shoot it up for me. It says, no matter the economy of the jungle, I can never eat grass. This is what the lion is saying. It is, it is not pride. It's just who I am. No matter the economy of the jungle, the lion says, I can never eat grass. It's not arrogance. That's just who I am. You need to know who you are. Even in these times, as things are tough, as things may appear rough and difficult, you need to know who you are and whose you are. Because you are a child of the living God. Jesus came to die for you. Jesus came, he suffered so that you will not suffer. You need to remember that. Praise God. These people forgot who they were. They forgot that they were Israelites. That's why they were behaving the way they were behaving. But you need to remember who you are and whose you are. Praise God. The truth is that in spite of all, all of this, the word of God concerning us in Isaiah chapter 60, we're not going to read everything, but the, the beginning of Isaiah chapter 60, it says, Isaiah chapter 60, it says, Arise, Jerusalem. Let your light shine for all to see. And I repeat, I said that. I said, Arise, Nigeria. Let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth. But the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you, Nigeria. Verse 3 says, all nations will come to your light, and mighty kings will come to see your radiance. This is the word of God concerning us as a nation. Praise the Lord. It goes for that, I mean, the entire chapter, I can go on and because it's so exciting for me. It says, look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands. Your little daughters will be carried home. Your eyes will shine and your heart will thrill with joy. For merchants from around the world will come to you. They will bring to you the wealth of many lands. It's just a matter of time. 
It's just a matter of time. We are going to see all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. He says, vast caravans of camels will converge on you. The camels of Midian and Ephah, the people of Sheba will bring gold and frankincense and will come worshiping the Lord. The flocks of Kedah will be given to you and the rams of Nebaoth will be brought for my altars. I will accept their offerings and I will make my temple glorious. And what do I see flying like crowds to Nigeria? Like doves to their nest. They are ships from the ends of the earth. That la- from lands that trust in me. Led by the great ships of Tarshish. They are bringing the people of Nigeria home from far away. Carrying their silver and gold. They will honor the Lord your God, the only one of Israel, for he has filled you with splendor. Foreigners will come to rebuild your towns, and their kings will serve you. For though I have destroyed you in my anger, I will now have mercy on you through my grace. Your gates will stay open day and night to receive the wealth of many lands. The kings of the world will be led as captives in a victory procession. For the nations that refuse to serve you will be destroyed. The glory of Lebanon will be yours. The forest of Cyprus, fair and pine to beautify my sanctuary. My temple will be glorious. The descendants of your tormentors will come and bow before you. Those who despise you will kiss your feet. They will call you the city of the Lord and Zion of the Holy One of Israel. It says, though you are once despised and hated, with no one traveling to you, no one giving you visas. I will make you beautiful forever and a joy to all generations. Powerful kings and mighty nations will satisfy your every need as though you are a child nursing at the breast of a queen. You know at last that I, the Lord, am your savior and your redeemer, the mighty one of Israel. I will exchange your bronze for gold your iron for silver, your wood for bronze, your stones for iron. I will make peace your leader and righteousness your ruler. Violence will disappear from your land. The desolation and destruction of war will end. Salvation will surround you like city walls. And praise will be on the lips of all who enter this nation. It doesn't end there. You can go on. Let me just finish it. I'm almost at the end. It says, no longer will you need the sun to shine by day, nor the moon to give its light by night. For the Lord your God will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set. Your moon will not go down. For the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your days of mourning will come to an end. All your people will be righteous. They will possess their land forever. For I will plant them there with, their, with my own hands in order to bring myself glory. The smallest family in Nigeria will become a thousand people. And the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make this happen. This is God's promise for us, and we owe it to ourselves to take it and believe it and own it. While others are seeing things not happening, we need to see what the promise of God is for us and hold on to it firmly because that is the word of God. It is the everlasting word of God, the word that does not fail. Praise God. Praise God. In all of this, there are a few things also that we, 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 we need to highlight and take as God's promises, even for us through this period. And the first one is that God himself has said he's going to protect us. He's going to protect us. Job 5, 20 to 22. Job 5, 20 to 22 says, It will save you from the death in time of famine, from the power of the sword in time of war. He says, you will be safe from slander and have no fear when destruction comes. He says, you will laugh at destruction and famine and wild animals will not terrify you. This is the word of God concerning us, that even though things are hard right now, when you see famine or when you see recession, the Bible says that we will laugh at it. 
And I believe it strongly, and I believe it shall be so in my life and in everybody's life here in the mighty name of Jesus. Psalm 33, 18 and 19 also says, But the Lord watches over those who fear him. Those who rely on his unfailing love, he rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. God himself is saying that he is going to be the one to protect us himself. He will keep us alive in times of famine. Second thing we have to remember in these times is that God's love for us is everlasting. God's love for us is everlasting. Romans 8.35, it says, what, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? He said, what is it that will separate us from this love of God? Nothing, none of this can. His love is deeper, deeper for us because, I mean, just look, up, look at it. Out of all the things that were created in this world, we were the only ones that God created in his own image. That shows how much he loves us. That much shows how much, it, how much attention he pays to us. He looks at us and says the air, every single strand of air on our heads is counted. And it's not only counted, it's accounted for. That's how much God pays attention to us. That's how much God pays attention to us. In the time of economic recession like this, another thing that we need to know, apart from the fact that God is going to protect us himself, apart from the fact that, uh, that, that God's law for us is everlasting. The third thing that we need to also know is that this recession usually transfers to wealth transfer. It usually translates to wealth transfer. The story we just read in Second Kings, if you go further into Second Kings chapter 7, at the end of it, at the end of the, I mean, when all that drama had happened and Elisha came, Elisha made a decree and said, by this time tomorrow, there will be so much abundance in the land. And that was exactly what happened. All the wealth of the, Aramean, of the, of the Arameans that, that came to besiege the city, God just created confusion in their camp and they ran and left everything. And overnight, a nation that was in distress that was starving, suddenly, began, suddenly had abundance, too much that they couldn't, they couldn't even handle. Recession like this always leads to wealth transfer. Genesis 47 also tells the story of the same thing that happened in Egypt. Egypt was going through a period of famine for seven years. Joseph was the prime minister at that time. During that period when, of, of famine, Joseph was smart enough to ensure that he did not just flood everywhere with food. He was giving it to them in little bits here and there. He first of all sold to them, collected all their money. When they didn't have the children of Egypt, the Egyptians, when they did not have money anymore, he gave them food in exchange for their livestock, their cattle, everything that they had. When they ran out of all of that again, and they still needed food, he said, okay, sign up and you become Pharaoh's servants for life, and in exchange we'll give you food. And they were glad to do that. If you read Genesis 47, 20, Genesis 47, 20 says, so Joseph bought all the land in Egypt for Pharaoh. All the Egyptians sold, all the, all, the, all the Egyptians sold him their fields because the famine was so severe and soon all the land belonged to Pharaoh. So wealth transferred in the time of recession from the Egyptians hands into the hands of Pharaoh. But even in the midst of all of that, if you go and read the story, you will see that Joseph's family that was living in Goshen, they were shielded from all this famine because they had the best of the land at that time. 
thing we have to remembrance. There's always abundance. It always ends in abundance. Even after wealth transfers, it ultimately ends in abundance. Second Kings, when they woke up and said to themselves, we're starving here. It is, is it not better for us to go into this, uh, go and meet these uh, foreigners? If they kill us, fine. After all, even if they, we stay here, we'll still die anyway. And they went there and they realized that they had all run, run away. And there was abundance everywhere. The Bible says they went, they ate, they went, they carried and went to keep, they carried and went to bury. And they still said, ah, we can't hold this thing, it's too much. We need to go back and tell. And that was exactly what happened. All of a sudden, there was abundance everywhere. I pray that your abundance will come very soon in the mighty name of Jesus. So how can Christians prosper during this period? We know the things that we need to look out for. We know the things that we need to, to, to trust God for. So how, what are the things that we need to now begin to do? First one is that we need, at this point, not to hold back our giving. Do not hold back your giving. You know, Pastor said, said it also on Sunday that you, you give to get wealthy and you forgive to get healthy. Praise God. So it's very hard. There's nowhere, there's nowhere to go away from giving if you're expecting abundance, if you're expecting a breakthrough from God. Giving is just the only way. Giving is the only way. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 to 7 2 Corinthians 8, 1 to 7. Is it on the screen? It talks about the... Second Corinthians 8. It talks about the church in Macedonia. It says, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They have been tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gifts for the believers in Jerusalem. These were people, according to testimony of Paul, that these people were poor. These people were not rich. It wasn't a very rich church, in quotes. But they had one thing that was going for them. They just loved to give. They just loved to give. Whether things were going well financially or not, they just knew that it was necessary for them to give. And because of that, the, the, I mean, the testimony is that they were filled with abundant joy. This year, the word of God for us is that we should rejoice. I can tell you that one of the key, if you are struggling to find a reason to rejoice, check, maybe you have not been giving like you should. Maybe you have not been giving like you should. You still have two and a half months to go before the end of the year. You can step up your giving, and I can guarantee you before the end of the year, you have a solid reason to rejoice in the mighty name of Jesus. The reason why we must not hold back our giving is because there is always seed time and harvest time. There's always seed time and harvest time concerning everything. Ecclesiastes 11, 4 to 6 says, Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. Plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon, for you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another, or maybe both. So you need to just give, keep sowing, keep sowing, keep sowing. Keep sowing. The price, of, the, the price of rice has doubled. Keep sowing. The cost of transport has gone up. Keep sowing. You've lost your job. You are barely able to pay your bills. Don't stop sowing. Don't stop sowing. Because if there is no seed, 
you are sure that there cannot be an harvest. You have to plant something for an harvest to come. Praise God. And I pray your harvest will come in the mighty name of Jesus. This period of recession, so what is the second thing that we need to do as Christians for us to prosper during this period is that we can no longer be passive. Do not be passive. Second Kings 7, 4. Second Kings 7, 4. It says, of the lepers, it says, we will starve if we stay here. But with the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Aramean army. If they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. This is not the time to, to, to do see, don't look. This is the time to take action. Action. This is the time to take action. What is that thing that you've been pondering in your mind? What's that business idea you've been pondering about in your mind? This is the time to take action. This is the time to take a bold step. Don't just sit back and say, okay, this, this season too will pass. Yes, it will pass, but take advantage of it and do something. Move. Don't be passive. Praise the Lord. Don't be passive. Third thing we need to do as Christians to, proper in this, to prosper in this period is that we have to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I read two scriptures there. Genesis 12, 10. We have to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Genesis 12, 10 uh, talks about Abraham. He says, at that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abraham to go down to Egypt, where he lived as a foreigner. Genesis 26. Another story there. But this time around, is about Isaac. He says, a severe famine now struck the land as had happened before in Abraham's time. Remember what I said earlier on, that famine will come, famine will go. Recession will come, recession will go. You know, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So whatever is happening right now, rest your mind, is not new. Abraham had it during his time. Isaac had famine also. A severe famine now struck the land as had happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved together where Abimelech, king of the Philistines, lived. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. You know, because the first time Abraham just moved to Egypt, the Bible says that he was forced to move to Egypt because of the economic situation. But this time around, Isaac wanted to take the same decision that his father took. But God said, "Mm -mm, not so. Just do as I tell you. Live where you are. Live as a foreigner in this land. And I will be with you and I will bless you. So you have to be sensitive to exactly what the Holy Spirit wants you to do at this time. Because if you go on that scripture, the Bible says that at the end of the day that Isaac prospered in the land. Even in that famine. All the people around him were struggling and saying things are not working. Isaac was prosperous. The king was so angry with him that he was prosperous, they chased him out of the land. Even where he was, he was still prospering again there. Because when you are sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, you cannot go wrong. Because God, the one who created the heavens and the earth, who orders everything to, to work or not work, if he's the one saying move and you move, you can't go wrong. Let's remain sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Fourth thing we need to do as Christians to prosper during this period is that we cannot afford to be afraid. We cannot afford to be afraid. Fear gets the devil on the scene the same way faith gets God's on the scene. Fear and faith are like opposites of each other. When you have faith, you will not be be afraid. When you are afraid, it's a sign that you don't have faith. Mark 6.30 6, talks about the, I mean, uh, when Peter 
stretched his axe, I mean, asked Jesus that if you are the one on the waters, ask me to come and I will come. And immediately Jesus said, come. And he started walking on water himself. But suddenly fear crept in. And what happened? He began to sink. We need to have a full assurance in God that even this season that we are passing through as a nation, we, the children of God, are going to come out brighter and better for it in the name of Jesus. And we need to hold on to that faith strongly. Because it's not time to be afraid. It's not time to say, oh, things are going to go for the worse. It's not time to say that, no. It is time to hold on to the word of God. The Bible says, arise and shine, for your light has come. Praise God. Fifth thing that we need to do in this period to prosper is that we need to consistently be giving thanks to God. When you, do, when, when you keep giving thanks to God, even when you're not seeing what you want physically yet, but you are giving thanks to him on the basis of the trust that you have with him, God is not about to fail. He has not failed before, and your case will not be the first one where he will fail. So when you hold on to him and you're giving thanks, giving thanks consistently, it's only a confirmation that you're saying that God is your source and your source alone. And we know God is not a wicked God. He will not deny us what he knows that we need. So we need to give thanks and give thanks. Three more. Sixth thing we need to do to prosper during this period is that we need to look out for investments and business opportunities. People usually search for substitutes or the cheaper alternatives when they experience a decline in income level. If you are an entrepreneur, this might be a good business opportunity for you to execute that business idea. When, I mean, this is the way I, 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 I reason. Anytime I see a problem anywhere, I see opportunities to make money. Because a problem is a pain. And people are willing to pay to take that pain away. I don't know if that makes sense. So this condition or this situation or recession or famine, it's a problem. It's a pain. And therein lies opportunities Daring opportunities. So we need to look out. We need to open our eyes and search for those business opportunities. This is not the time to, to, to just sit down and faff around. No, this is the time to begin to search, investigate, research. What are those things that, what, what are things causing problems right now that you can fix? And this leads us to the next point, which is that we need to be a solution provider. Joseph got the wisdom that transformed Egypt during the crisis. I believe as children of God, we can believe God for the wisdom that will transform the places where we work, our nation, our church, our family, and everywhere we, where, where we can exercise influence. I believe we can do that. Genesis 47, 5 to 6 is an interesting <laughs> Read Genesis 47, 5 to 6. It says there that, um, okay, Genesis 47, it says, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Now that your father and brothers have joined you here, choose any place in the entire land of Egypt for them to live. Give them the best land of Egypt. Let them live in the region of Goshen. And if any of them have special skills, put them in charge of my livestock too. Remember what I just said now about opportunities. Earlier in the scripture, when Pharaoh asked them, what do they do? He said, ah, we are shepherds. That's what we do. Pharaoh had the need for shepherds. The fact that he had the need for shepherds prompted him to say, okay, this land is ravished. This land has, is, is, there's famine. 
the only place that appears to have some greens for the shepherds is the land of Goshen. Oh yeah, you and your family, go and stay there. How does that mean? How does that sound? You know, it's like Pharaoh is saying, the whole of my land is destroyed. But the only place that still looks wet, that has grass that can grow to feed your sheep is Goshen. You, foreigners, go and live there. Can you see how opportunity just came up? And that's how God operates. Because he always leaves a room for us to escape. He always leaves a room for us. Which takes me to the final point, which is that we need to use our economic capital. In the affairs of heaven, faith is the currency that is used in heaven. It is what brings the unseen realities into manifestation. We have a video we're going to show right now. We just, for me, fully explains what it means to have, to trust in God to the very end and know that God is faithful and will not abandon. Let's have the video. That's a cheetah. The cheetah, as we all know, is the fastest animal on the face of the earth. So you saw this gazelle playing around on his own. You didn't see the cheetah. And the cheetah crept up on it. And let's watch. Cut it. And lo and behold, the hyena. away and looks back and miracle happens praise God the cheetah is the fastest animal it has its speed that's his own advantage now he uses all its energy to chase the gazelle, finally catches it, then doesn't have energy to eat it. So he's resting. The hyena is a wise person, doesn't run after animals because he doesn't have speed, but he's strong. And all animals respect him because of his jaw. The hyena's jaw is so bad that when it closes against something, if he doesn't want to release it, nothing can release it. In Yoruba, they, the name they even call it, they call it Ikoko, meaning that anything it bites like this, it takes it out completely with bone and flesh. So while the cheetah was resting, the hyena knew that, okay, this one has caught food for me. So he came to drive it away. So he wants to start eating. And I said, ah, this cheetah is fast. He can come here, snatch this thing around. Let me drive it further away. The gazelle has a trick. It can pretend to be dead. And that's what happened. He knew it was a, it's a plan. Now, why, where am I going with all of this is that the gazelle trusted that all things will work together for his good. In, ultimately, and it did. Praise God. As a nation, we have forces that are faster than us. We have forces that appear to be stronger than us. But those forces don't have our God. Praise God. And because they don't have our God, 
we will not fall to them. Rather, they will fall to us in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Okay, that's the end of this, today's uh, session. Do we have any questions, comments, suggestions, additions, objections, or subtractions? Anybody? Questions? Nobody? Okay. Praise God. If there's no, we're going to end with this prayer. Uh, it's our commit and at the same time our prayer for today is taken from the scriptures in Jeremiah 1.10, the voice version, Jeremiah 1.10. It says, this very day I appointed you to speak with my authority over nations and kingdoms. Your word my word, will have the power to uproot and stamp out. It will destroy and upend. Then your word, my word, will rebuild and plant anew. So we're going to take this and we're going to just turn it into a prayer and say, Father, your word, my word, concerning this nation is that this nation will prosper. Is that the recession in this nation will cease is that there will, no, there, 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 this, there will be abundance of wealth in this nation. Let's begin to speak and prophesy the things that we want to see the, uh, the, and the things we don't want to decree that it will be uprooted, that violence will be uprooted in this nation. Poverty will be uprooted in this nation. Bad leadership will be uprooted in this nation in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, this nation will prosper. This nation will do well. In the name of Jesus, this nation, your name will be glorified in this nation. There shall be abundance in this nation. In the mighty name of Jesus, the glory of the Lord will reign in this nation. The glory of the Lord will shine in this nation. In the mighty name of Jesus. Wherever it is that people see that that, 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 that there is a, when people say there is a setting down, we will say there is a lifting up in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we just say thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Mm-hmm.